Cool. So um, again, two goals for today. Uh, one is one meet new meet one new person. So I'm hoping in the breakout room that happens. Uh, second question we're going to get to our second goal for today is to try and get some actionable takeaways. So uh, that's what we're going to use the next about 35 minutes to go do. So I think each group will have about four minutes. So um, whoever your representative is or whoever you want to nominate, uh, just maybe tell us a little bit about your discussion, kind of what your topic is, and then we will kick it around to uh, the larger group. We'll kind of run it like a normal office hours where uh, open up your participant window, bottom right hand corner, there should be a raise hand feature. Um, and we'll kind of do this in an orderly fashion if we can, but I'm actually gonna go, we're gonna go in reverse order. We'll go with like room seven, um, whoever wants to come off of mute uh, from room seven, which is Bertle, Connor, Cor Corinne, Gabriel, Julie, uh, Kevin or Louis, Louise. Uh, perfect, Bertle, how, I, yeah. I could have guessed Bertle was gonna be the one to, uh, to come through and, and be the uh, nominator from here. Shocking. Yes. Uh, hi, everyone. Good to see you all. So I was actually debating because I couldn't remember uh, which uh, was our breakup number, breakup room number, but I was with Corinne, Julie, Louis, Connor, Kevin, and Gabriel. So thanks for sharing your insight. Today, we discussed onboarding processes for new uh, customer success, which is, I think, a topic that we, we all are somehow involved. Uh, you can move to a new customer's role from uh, sales or marketing or technical support, move to a new industry. So kind of best practices from the people who actually went through that multiple times or just recently for the first time. Um, those are the, the insights I've highlighted is, uh, first of all, um, trying to understand how your clients want to communicate with you to how often what type of communication is it video conferences via email sometimes text so how your clients like to work with you um design a 30 to 90 days plan uh, i really like what kevin said about that which to really build your plan around your why's uh, go on your product, click everywhere. Why clicking here? What are the features that are behind and how that's gonna help your client? Uh, really uh, changing the why around your processes, why certain processes are in place over other options. Um, identify, that was from Luis, so thanks Luis. Identify a rapid body, so someone within the team that already has the experience to share best practices and be your guide for the next 30 to 90 days, helping a lot. This helps to save a lot of time. Um, Julie as well uh, around listening. I'm sorry, that was Gabrielle listening and not talking, which is something I take personally that I have to remind myself sometimes just to be on mute, like physically be on mute and stop talking. So um, listening, how things are happening and really understanding the why going back to what Kevin says to then being able to challenge the statu quo once you really understand the direction of the company. So Julie provided as well, really great insight around how, because she started, she joined a company recently back in October and shared as well how she's working with her client in terms of communication. Awesome. So it sounds like um, kind of looking at onboarding, you know, into a customer success role. So how are you working with your customers when you first get onboarded into a new customer success role? And then, um, you know, how are you learning your product? How are you learning your internal processes? Why are things happening? So anything else, anybody wants to, to come off of mute, maybe an ad, if you got a raised hand, I know Bertle kind of mentioned a few things in there that they talked about as a group, but anybody, anybody have any experiences out there, things that they um, kept in mind as they were being onboarded into a new role? And while we're waiting for, for somebody to get some courage to raise their hand, um, I'll throw out one that we did. So when we joined uh, Higher Logic, we joined uh, about August of last year, uh, we did an initiative of listening to 50 customers in the first 50 days. And so uh, I'm, I'm more in a director 
role. So I don't necessarily have my own book of business. So uh, maybe think about this a little bit different when we're, we're looking at kind of a customer success manager role. But um, that was really impactful for us to, similar to what Bertle mentioned, we went around, picked out 50 customers, kind of a cross section. And then uh, we were just there to kind of listen, you know, how have their experiences been? What have they been doing? What are some of their goals? And that was just really impactful just to start to pick up the language, pick up the outcomes they're trying to drive, uh, really just trying to understand how our product fits in the, into their day-to-day -day lives. So we did that in our first 50 days of um, of joining. And that to me was just really uh, important for us to, to get some perspective. So um, I like that. Connor, looks like you got your hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, so something else that I think that's important when you're a new CSM and you're onboarding, it, this will kind of touch on what Jeff said, but just asking questions whenever possible, whether it's to your internal team, hey, why does this product work this particular way? Have we thought about doing it this way? Whatever that might be. Um, but also once you do start to get on the phone with clients and start talking to them, uh, deferring in a way to their industry expertise to inform how you present your solution to them and how it can help them achieve their outcomes. I know that one of the things that I did when first onboarding was asking a client if I had a good conversation going, hey, why is that important? Hey, I've heard from other practice or you know other customers, this is how they use this. Does that make sense to you? So just asking those questions and making sure that you're deferring to their expertise in the industry. Awesome, I appreciate that. Yeah, good, good uh, thinking about the questions to be asking. Also, uh, the point you mentioned in there too about you know how is this position in the market? You know, I always like to, um, in new roles that I joined for companies, I always like to go do competitive research as well. Like, you know, what are the competitors talking about on the website? What does some of their marketing look like? Um, you know, we're not always gonna be worried about competitors, but at the same time, it's, it's nice to see how other people are presenting solutions, presenting problems, like thinking about that gives us some ideas as well. So that's been helpful. Um, I think it's, is it Ashmeet? Yeah, hi there. This is Ashmeet. Uh, so what I wanted to add over here was uh, you guys are great if you already know that what you need to do for the first 50 days when you are uh, a new CSM, uh, but I have not been up to that level. What I got to learn was that that was in a hard way is basically one year down the line on what kind of um, you know questions you need to actually ask the customers in on each onboarding call and basically boil down to four questions to get them to talk about what success really looks like to them because when they answer that question and you can actually make that a tangible uh, metric that you can measure, uh, it really ties down to that point where you can demonstrate uh, not only that they have uh, you know, achieved that point, but by how much they have achieved that um, a goal. So that really brings uh, the, the value down home for that customer. And they are, that becomes like an evidence, okay, you know, this, this was the value you asked for and you are getting that outcome. So that is what has been going on with me lately. Awesome. Yeah. Will you, uh, will you drop those questions into the chat window? Those four questions that you asked? You sure, just... absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Doing that Thank right you. away, yeah. Um, Corinne, looks like you got your hand raised. Yeah, I'll just quickly add, um, I think something that was really valuable for me uh, when I joined the CS space um, almost about a year ago was understanding the overall um, vision of the product from the product team. Um, I think that that perspective really helped me understand um, where, we're look, where we were looking to innovate as a product and then I was able to have more targeted conversations with customers around those aspects of the product and really push for adoption of those features um, where appropriate or valuable with the customer. So almost backing into it, not only understanding what the business objectives are for the customer, but also what the strategic direction is for the product. And then that ultimately, I think, also helps um, your career path as a CSM to gain influence within the organization because you're pushing forward um, those product features that ultimately the product team, as well as the CS org, you know, deems are, are valuable um, and, and are investing marketing uh, budget into as well. 
Awesome. Yeah, I think it's a great, great insight um, and great point to be thinking about, um, you know, where's the product actually going? What are the problems that we're solving down the road? What are the jobs to be done? You know, if we're using that framework, so to speak, like what does that actually look like as we go forward? Um, so it's a good one. And then Chris, let's sit on you and we'll move, move to the next group. When I was um, in my last role, we did when new people were brought on board, what we did was um, they always had a, um, a, a time with all the teams in the, in the organization so that they were able to understand how CS impacted the other roles and we were able to try anyway, probably not very successfully, but to break those silos and, and break that competition and understand how we really ultimately were supposed to be working for the customer at the end of the day. So it did help to learn, um, especially with how marketing, what they were doing and how it impacted what the uh, customers were looking for and what the product roadmap was, even with finance to make sure that we would be able to communicate with them readily over the um, issues that the customers had. So I thought that was um, was a really good way to, uh, to bring new people into the organization, do a lot of of, um, what did we call it? I forget what we called it, but uh, anyway, that was that was something really useful. Awesome, yeah, no, I love that too. We um, when we joined Higher Logic, uh, I went around and met with some of the functional leaders, kind of the managers, directors in each of the departments, just to learn initiatives they're working on, what their priorities were, what were the metrics for the year, um, and that was really helpful as well. Uh, like you said, I think just understanding, you know, conceptually where are we going as a business, what's what's the core focus of our marketing team or customer marketing, um, you know, where are they plugging in, what are their initiatives. So um, I love that. I think it was a good good idea. Uh, awesome. Well, room seven, thank you for uh, for your your topic around kind of onboarding and uh, looking at how you're joining new teams and how you're bringing your customers into that. So uh, we'll go room six. Looks like Benjamin, Jody, Susan, or Vic. I don't know if anybody wants to come off mute and uh, maybe give us a topic or something that you all were, were thinking about asking the larger group here. Hi there. I had a question um, and I know Vic seconded it. Um, one of our jobs as a client success manager is to build relationships with our clients. And there's those times before meetings, maybe after meetings. Um, sometimes, you know, you can get off topic on certain touchy subjects. One of the instances I brought up is maybe they bring up politics and maybe their politics are different. So our question was, how do you get either back on topic, but still maintain that relationship building uh, when those touchy subjects or off topic subjects come up in a meeting? Oh my gosh, this is such a good one. I feel like- uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, it's always in the forefront of my mind too, because uh, there's always, you know, I feel like when you have a couple minutes before or after a meeting, you're always trying to find a way to kind of build that personal connection. And so that's always, uh, you know, how do you build a personal connection without uh, maybe stepping into topics that are going to get you, uh, you know, down a rabbit hole or into uh, dicey water. So would love to hear if anybody's got any examples or ways that they like to do that. Uh, maybe come off of mute and give some, uh, some examples. There's a, um, there's a couple of things that I've done uh, to help that I try and do maybe to, to help with that. One is um, when I first meet a new customer, I always like to, uh, before we even dive into anything, just start asking some questions about their interests or what they like to do, you know, spare time, children, like families, that kind of thing. And so I can document that for later purposes. Um, so I can use that, you know, whether it's in the Salesforce account record or whatnot, just so I can have kind of that information readily available. That's been beneficial for me uh, just to try and do that uh, at the beginning and then vice versa, you know, I'll kind of offer up, hey, I've got, you know, I've got a wife, she's a doctor, I've got two dogs in my office constantly, like just little tidbits here or there that hopefully, um, you know, kind of stay in that territory. I think you're talking about Benjamin of like, you know, like just personable, relatable uh, and ways that we can kind of keep that, that relationship going. So those are, I tend to do that really quickly off the bat and that's worked for me, but I'm curious if anybody else has um, tactics or ways or thoughts that they've done that as well um, that we can share with Benjamin and his group. Matt, looks like you got your hand raised. 
Let me try to find the unmute button. Uh, yeah, I mean, really great, you know, what you just brought up there, Jeff. And even earlier on, you know, during the election, I remember you and a bunch of other folks, you know, in moderating, just very generic, get out there and vote. It's just a very nice, direct, um, neutral message that you share with people. And then off of that, you can definitely segue into, I mean, what are we here for? We're here for outcomes. Um, so, you know, taking that and then just kind of, if it gets uncomfortable, uh, then you can just take it and then bring it back towards the main message of why we're all here. Again, we're all here to, you know, really honor that time and what's the time there for to help others achieve outcomes. Um, but of course, you know, one thing that I always love to emphasize, especially in the world that we're in now, the world that we have been in, where we're interfacing through webcams, uh, you know, a number of folks I came to and spoke with, you know, hey, great, you know, great stuff on your background, great background that you chose. Love the colors for Game Grow Routine. You know, love that you always chose the green, yellow, orange, and pink at the start of things. A anything to just uh, really, I think, to your point, Ben, um, you know, something's uncomfortable, it might really detract from where you're trying to go with things. Hey, you know, here's a shiny object. Let's start talking about this, and then you can just kind of bring it back to things and you know, hopefully something nice and uh, uh, neutral will really quell those hot talks. Yeah, I appreciate that, um, Matt. I also think, Benjamin, the more I'm, I'm thinking about this as well as, um, I think this is also just an opportunity to set boundaries like in a good way. You know, I think it might be uncomfortable at the beginning, but, um, you know, say, hey, you know, we're trying to build, build a relationship here. We're gonna be working together for a long period of time. And so um, just wanna set some expectations about, you know, things I'd love to talk about and things I wouldn't. Uh, so I even think just setting some boundaries like that might be helpful. Uh, in some of those instances as well. Um, but Dana, it looks like you've got your hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here? Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm just uh, working around the house a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I have this problem with my mom. And so I would handle it the same way with a client as like with my mom. Uh, so we got on the topic of COVID, and I think politics are coming up a lot more because of that. And um, she would just kind of rant and rant, you know? And so, I just listen, I would listen, and then I, I was like, oh, interesting. And, you know, but pretty much silent, I think, is key, because when somebody hears silence, they might think that, okay, this person is agreeing, or they may keep on. So then the secondary thing I do is I wait for a moment where they're taking a breath, and, uh, and I say, yes, it's going to, you know, I'm really looking forward to 2021. 2021 is going to be great. What are you doing in 2021? You know, so I would, I have to do that with my mom a lot. So I think I've gotten really good at, uh, you know, dodging topics that are unpleasant, but, you know, without discounting out of the person's feelings. Yeah, I love that first point. You know, I think sometimes people just want to feel heard and feel listened to. And so um, that is also a part of relationship building. So if you can do that and then, gracefully move on to the next topic. Uh, I think it's a great point, uh, Dana. And I, I'm gonna remember that now for a long time though. Like every time I think about transitioning topics, I'm gonna be thinking about how Dana does this <laughs> with her mom. So uh, <laughs> very, very relatable because my mom does the same thing. Uh, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see, uh, Gabriel, you got your hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I echo pretty much what Dana said, but um, I think that, yeah, you don't, not ignoring it, but I've, I've had it come up a lot with clients and I, my go-to phrases are literally like, I hear you. Yeah. And I was like, I hear you. And, and then after that, it's, I, I mean, we're skilled at this, right? If you're in this role, you're good at talking and engaging in conversation and keeping things active. So I give them a couple of sentences, acknowledging their, you know, the, whatever they're saying. And, and then I, I go back to whatever we're talking about. I mean, we, we were talking about something else before the, that topic. You, you're not usually just going to kick off and straightly, you know, straight go into that. And if you did just go into that from the, the start, and you probably want to get into the actual topic, why that meeting was booked. So 
I just ask them a question after that and we keep it going. And honestly, that's, it's worked fine with me. Yeah. So I can't do Dana strategy with my parents um, because <laughs> we're Latino. So we, we talk about everything and we hash it out. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, I, one of the things that I say, uh, Gabriel, I like the, I hear you piece. Cause normally what I say is just, okay, cool. And then I'll just like move on. You know, it's, it's like a, it's like a bad, I bring it over from like my friend group from, you know, like, so I need to, I need to get some more business language instead of just, okay, cool. Uh, and move on to the next topic. So I like that. I hear you. Um, Renata, it looks like you've got your hand raised. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say exactly what uh, Gabriel just said. So um, initially, hopefully you come prepared with small talk I'm mean, talking points either because you're familiar with where they live or if they have kids or family and you can kind of like start the conversation kind of controlling the small talk. Uh, but if you do unfortunately find yourself in, you know, touchy conversations, then um, you can be very patient to say, yep, uh, I hear you. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Um, or uh, I, depending on like how close of a relationship you have, you can be like, like everyone kind of knows you shouldn't talk about like politics, money, religion, um, like in a professional setting. So you can just kind of like laugh it off and be like, oh, before we get too down that rabbit hole, let me make sure we like have enough time for the meeting and just kind of like make a joke of it because they'll probably be like, oh, yeah. Um, and Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, and then Adam, let's hit on you and we'll move to the next group. Yeah. One thing that I, I do <clears throat> is make sure like I'm looking at, they have like a Twitter for their business or LinkedIn and like trying to pull topics from them. So like, Hey, we seem to jump on. Hey, was, I'm glad we, I'm glad we can meet. was looking at X, Y, and Z. So I kind of just don't even allow that variance there, but then be like, all right, relate, re relating that back to like kind of like intermingling the personal stuff through that. So it's kind of like keeping the boat between the buoys, but not really letting, you know, it be, abstract in that nature and then you can like connect say hey is it cool if i can connect with you on linkedin afterwards right so then you're still kind of building that relate that relationship outside of the call but using it to actually construct the call and make sure top make sure topics don't get too far off as well yeah i actually love that point too that you brought up about like asking like hey can i connect with you on you know linkedin or twitter or wherever because i um i think sometimes that also is just a good way for people to be cognizant of that stuff maybe like oh man adam is going to go follow my twitter like i wonder you know what, do I, what am I talking about on there? Like what's on there? Like, I think that might also just kind of spur some internal thinking. Uh, so I, I like that, like asking that question kind of permission. Cause I think that also, like you said, kind of gives you uh, your space to, uh, to do that. So that's a good point. Awesome. So uh, group five, we've got Abby, Haley, Lars, Morgan, Paul, or Scott. What was the, what was the topic amongst your group? Yeah, so the, the topic on our side was more around community and how you can build community uh, with customers. So probably something, you know, very close to the, the home, Jeff, for you. But uh, we were just talking about, you know, how we can get customers to engage with each other in a kind of an organic setting uh, rather than, you know, rather than us customer success managers or executives being the kind of intermediary and, and ways that people have, you know, achieved this. And I think a lot of the discussion was around, you know, people have done various focus groups that are just smaller sets of people. But, um, you know, I don't know that we came up with any, you know, groundbreaking ideas as to how we can get and build uh, a bigger community for, you know, all different touch points of our customers, everywhere from the executive level down to the the day-to-day -day person. Yeah, um, certainly a topic that I could drone on about. So I will not, um, I will certainly not take over the microphone here. Uh, so we'll be looking to people in here into the uh, bigger group, you know, how are ways that you're trying to leverage community or how have you thought about kind of bringing organic ways to for your customers to engage. Um, and while we're doing that, I will, I'll give you two quick ideas or things that we're doing. Uh, one is we're bringing this office hours concept to our customers. So uh, how do we just 
make it less about our product and more about the position they're in, more about connecting as peers, as humans. Um, so, you know, I organically think our, our product is going to get brought up, you know, at some point during those discussions. So I'm fine with that. But how are we at least just giving them the platform to come make those connections um, and just trying to do it one hour a week, um, really easy. And so uh, that's one thing that we're trying to do. Another, which um, I think we we try and promote uh, maybe I don't know the right way to say that, but like we uh, internally just are trying to promote our customer success managers to be thinking about their own books of business in that way too. So um, if you have a book of business and you've got 50 customers and you're like, Hey, I want to reach out to these 50 customers. I want to create like a intimate office hours group just for those 50 where we're getting to know each other better and do this and X, Y, and Z. Like we're trying to help our uh, CSMs think about opportunities like that, where they can actually leverage uh, instead of always having to make one-on-one -on -one connections, instead of always having to um, think about it that way. Like we're trying to see, Hey, you know, to our CSMs, like, do you have ideas? Do you have ways that you want to be, do you, do you have ideas or ways that you want to be doing that? So that's another uh, opportunity that we're just trying to give out as well. Uh, Jeremy, what are some of your thoughts here? Yeah. So this is actually something that we're in the process of pushing out. So, you know, ask me again in about two or three months, you know, the success on this, but we're actually bringing, uh, sorry, my, my kids have now entered my office for those who heard me earlier. But, um, we're actually going to be bringing uh, basically like social, like a social hour, a happy hour to uh, a subset of our customers. It's, you know, it's nominated by the CSM. Um, it'll be, you know, one or two contacts at, you know, that you know decision maker or champion type level. Um, but it's actually some, what the whole premise is around is, you know, networking is going to be, you know, kind of a lead session networking, but also cool part about it is anybody who signs up for it and attends, um, we're actually going to like door dash them food um to their house like when they sign up they fill it out and we'll have like a menu they pick pick from something and we white hat will actually are going to pay for it and send it to their house so trying to get around the fact that we can't see people in person um to you know try that natural adoption you would have at these bigger events throughout the year and trying to you know bring smaller events that we can do you know monthly or every other month to bring folks to the table so um certainly something i'll be excited to share because uh, we're supposed to be doing our first one later this month uh, with our customers and see kind of the adoption and the feedback but um you know looking for ways that you can you know, make it easy for your customers to attend. And if you can get food in their hands too, you know, um, you know, that's always a great way, you know, food and conversation goes a long way is even if you can't meet in person. So. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, we, we also recently had a, a customer who um, is doing great things and uh, was kind of going above and beyond in terms of using our product and kind of accomplishing some of the outcomes that they were trying to do. And so uh, they were actually posting about it just on in our online community. And then all of a sudden like 10 customers were like, Hey, can I talk to you about that? And so then we just said, hey, we'll set up a call and record it if you just wanna invite these 10 people and kind of keep this small group discussion, but have them lead it. Um, and that, so that was another way, Paul, too, that we just tried to you know, leverage that customer, let them run the session. We were not, you know, we were just there essentially to give them the technology and say, hey, we'll record it, we'll put it on Zoom, we'll make it as easy as possible, uh, but you lead the session, you do what you wanna do um, and bring 10 customers into it. So um, that was a good way. We also did that recently uh, as well. Scott, what are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, I was just going to quickly say that that same concept of, you know, using food can be used around diversity issues you might want to push in with your company as well. Yeah, I think it's, that's a, a really good point. We've, we've uh, had to do some of that stuff internally as well, uh, thinking about, you know, um, potentially issues and things that uh, are important to us. And, you know, how do you start getting people on board um, and start talking about those things as a group internally? So uh, we've definitely done that. Anybody else? Any other? Thoughts? Ashmeet, 
Yeah, I just wanted to point one thing over here. It really boils down from uh, the kind of product you have and the kind of company and the values you have portrayed to your customers and what they think about you um, before implementing these processes, obviously. Uh, but Errol Gerson is one of the uh, professors in uh, art college. Uh, art center or art college, if you know about him, he has implemented some of the crazy ways to, you know, get in touch with his customers from sending a, a candy with a message wrapped over there, uh, uh, all the way to a chocolate made telephone just to get a customer uh, talk to him. So, so uh, if you can check out Errol Gerson, I'll type in the name over here and uh, some of his crazy ideas he has done to get in touch with the customers. I think uh, that should help. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, one other um, one other thing I was thinking about too, Paul, is uh, like I'm I'm very sports driven, so um, like I was even thinking like how could you invite your customers maybe to like join a fantasy football league or uh, maybe you have like a watch party for like a certain game, a big game that's coming up, like national championship was on yesterday. Maybe it's like hey, you know, we all can't go meet, you can't see your friends or something. Hey, let's all hop on a Zoom and kind of watch this so that we can uh, also kind of connect outside of work. So that's something might be touchy or dicey, but I also think um, trying to. Again, I'm very sports driven, so for me that works. But um, book clubs, another thing I was just thinking about, I mentioned reading books earlier, like how can you kind of get outside of the work day to day? So, uh, but I like it. How are we kind of connect, connecting community? Certainly something we should keep talking about more. Thanks, no, all good, all good topics, things I hadn't thought of. Awesome, uh, perfect. Well, we will go to uh, room number four, Adam, David, Greg, Chris, Renata, and Sophia. What was your topic you guys talked about today? Um, hey guys, so our topic evolved a little bit um, kind of within the team. It sort of started out as a question about, um, you know, we focus a lot each week on what are some things that people have done that worked. And um, Adam had the thought of kind of like, you know, does anyone have lessons learned from things that they've realized weren't worth the time that they were doing and that they've actually stopped doing and that that's turned out to be a win. Um, and then sort of two offshoots of that, just that we'd also be curious to get the, the panel's feedback on, um, you know, in terms of what do you not do anymore? You know, we we think CS has a, a function sometimes to be a catch-all role within the organization. You know, sales doesn't want to own it, support doesn't want to own it. You know, someone's got it, and we sort of get stuck with it. Um, and then folding into that, like really, what the scope of CS is. So, uh, just curious, uh, what people have kind of eliminated that has been successful for them, and maybe some strategies that they've implemented to, um, you know, stop CS from being a role where um, you know things just go to get stuck and, and kind of stop it from weighing you down. Yeah, I love that. How do we uh, how do we kind of not overburden in uh, in customer success? Because I I feel like there's a lot that we end up just taking on or get thrown on our plate. Um, especially when you start thinking about product feedback or uh, having some of those discussions, like you know where do you draw the line and kind of where do I put that stuff? How do I bring it to the right people? Uh, so open to uh, open to the larger group here. Anybody go through this recently? Kind of thinking about uh, you know what's what's kind of the responsibility or what's on the plate, the tasks, the activities, the things that we're doing in customer success and um, and how we're kind of trying to make sure that that stays true. Um, Luis, looks like you got your hand raised. Yeah, so one thing that we used to do is like for every, we have the four tiers of support cases for every tier one and two that were the more urgent. Like the CSM had to go draft an email to the customer acknowledging that we were on it. But we kind of like pushed back to that with our leadership since we already had like a good support team that had established SLAs. So we were just like double dipping on that. Like if the customer was like a big strategic customer and they were mad, okay, we could escalate, bring in an escalation manager and like all hands on deck. But do we need, really need it to be sending out emails for every tier one and tier two tickets that we got during the day? That was a lot of admin work and we were not seeing a lot of value. And our customers were rarely replying. So we we're like, let's keep that step and let our support team that are the experts handle the first point of contact. And if needed, when escalated, we can come in and kind of like quarterback that situation. And that's giving us a lot of time back to focus on uh, activities that really do impact the customers and not just be like, 
messaging the customer, oh, acknowledge, we're on it, and it didn't add any value at all. Yeah, that's a good one uh, to call out. One, one other thing that we just did recently too is just for two weeks, we just asked to track like time in a simple sheet uh, and just said like, hey, where are you spending time to all of our CSMs? Just for two weeks, like, hey, let's just get a, a handle on like, where are you spending time and activity and then see if there's overlap or things that we felt like uh, we could move elsewhere or we could consolidate. So that's another way that we tried to address it recently, Greg, um, you know, just in trying to find like, hey, over a two week span, where are we spending time? Where are we not? Um, and where do we think we should be spending more time? So uh, that's one way we also looked at it. Monica, looks like you got your hand raised. Yeah, so the support one was definitely one in my former role. It, the CSMs were a catch-all. And every CSM meeting, which was supposed to be about adoption and outcomes, turned into tracking every single support ticket. And for strategic accounts, what we decided to do was it was a new role that was sort of spun out of support, a technical account manager. And this became an upsell opportunity and say, you know, we understand there's a lot of things going on. It could be around education, support. But we think that this is someone you need to drive those conversations. That was one part. The other was with finance and getting that I don't know if you guys have all been involved with that, but hey, you know, the bill hasn't been paid or it's late, this and that. And CSMs really shouldn't be part of that. Um, it really does detract about the value. So it was about kind of letting organ our internal organizations know that these are some of the things that we're tackling and we really need to figure out a better way to do it. Um, so that list of sort of what you're spending your time on. And just one more comment, one was about onboarding and how we were sort of spending time onboarding each individual customer. And in my former role, we found a way that you could actually just for a subset of segments, you could just do one onboarding webinar and a lot of people could get onboarded at once. So we sort of streamlined that as well. Just yeah, a couple of different things. I love, yeah, I love those examples, like um, kind of looking around and saying, you know, some, what are some of the larger buckets of time where we're spending and is there somebody internally at the organization that's more suited to do this? Um, or is there a larger solution that we can kind of scale up? Um, I think it's a great, great idea. Uh, Monica, Nathan, you've got your hand raised. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm just super happy of what everyone already said. <laughs> like it makes fills my soul, guys. Uh, because yeah, you're, you're totally you're nailing it. Like this is the stuff that we're trying to focus on. Not like just how we're being proactive. Uh, like what proactive things are we doing that are actually yielding benefits to our customers? Like, and that's kind of that next tier of going. Like, it's not just like we could say yes to everything, right? But then that means that we're saying no to things that probably are actually really important. And so, how do we limit those things? Uh, that aren't that important or can be done by other teams so that we can focus on the stuff that really matters and that's going to really drive customer engagement, customer success, the value um, to our customers. So just reiterating everything that uh, that everyone said um, related to that. Awesome. Um, perfect. Well, uh, we've got about two or three minutes left. So groups one, two, and three, uh, I could rattle off some names, but if I haven't called on you yet and you were a spokesman, uh, hop over to Gengar Tain and maybe throw your questions in there. Um, also, if you were a spokesman already um, and you want to go, just go ahead and add your question back into Gangor Attain. We'll get some discussion on it, um, get some more people to weigh in. I think we've got uh, somewhere close to 4,000 4, members up there uh, now. So I, I would imagine that there's going to be some discussion that will be um, thrown out. But I uh, appreciate everyone joining again. I think next week, uh, if my dates are correct, uh, it might not be next week, it might be the week after. But um, Jeremy, who was on here uh, a little bit ago, mentioned that he's going to uh, facilitate a session for us, which I'm excited about. So. Uh, appreciate Jeremy for uh, jumping up and uh, raising his hand. So we'll get that uh, going, but appreciate everyone joining today. Hope you like the format. You met somebody new, you found something actionable that you could take away and uh, we'll see you all on Thursday. If you want to join us for leadership office hours and uh, otherwise we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the gain, grow, retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.